What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome NBA strategy show. It's game four of the NBA finals on this wonderful Tuesday morning, October 6, 2020. I'm Dave Lockren with me, Adam Scher. We haven't talked much uh, basketball lately, man. I've been balls deep in football, which I'm happy to say. Was, I, I would have been happy if football didn't happen this past week. But uh, I know you had a good week. And, well, week four, or game four, Jimmy Butler is trying everything he can to pull this team out of the depths of hell, losing key players after game one. Now you come into a spot where he just literally carried them to a victory against a juggernaut Lakers squad and is looking to do it once more. It should be a fun game. Yeah, maybe gets a little bit of help today. Uh, Bam updated the questionable, so hopefully gets him back and, and makes the game a little bit more fun. Yeah, so Bam questionable right now. I saw something on him the other day that said uh, what the media had reported that Bam said he never sits out of games unless he's legitimately hurt, right? So it leads me to believe to some extent that even if he does play, Bam might not be. I just almost called him Bam Margera, by the way. That's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know. I was up watching both of those games last night and I fallen asleep till much later than I should have. Uh, Bam Adebayo, that, that's how you know that he's probably not going to be 100%, even if he does play. Yeah, the, the thing that makes me feel at least a little better about him is that it was a neck thing. Like, if Dra Dragic isn't expected back, but if Dragic had come back, I'd be legitimately concerned about him for DFS purposes because that's an injury that will affect how he plays. Um, Bam said his range of motion is fine and that it's mostly just a pain tolerance thing and that he has been feeling a lot better. So, I, I mean, I agree. He's probably not 100 percent or he wouldn't have missed the last game, you know, two days ago. But um, I'm, I'm at least not as concerned about it affecting his performance as I, as I would be for like Dragic. Yeah, good points. Dragic is doubtful to play. Yeah. So it, it looks like he's definitely not going to be active. Bam Adebayo has a much better shot of playing. We're happy to have all of you guys with us as always. Still grinding out that NBA stuff, man. $1.25 million final shoot around on DraftKings today. FanDuel's got a monster contest as well. So listen, if the prize pools are still there, if there's still money to be won, we're going to be here talking about it with you. You always know where to find us. Hit that thumbs up too while you're at it. Uh, it helps us out greatly. Easiest way to help support us as well as subscribing and hitting that notification bell. I saw the other day that only like 40% uh, of, of our viewers are subscribers. So you know, you always know what's going on at Awesome. You hit that subscribe button, try and get that number up a little bit. You ready to dive into this? Yep. Lakers, uh, seven and a half point favorites. I've actually been paying attention to this line. It's been moving around a little bit. Uh, nothing really extraordinary, nothing to be alarmed by or to really spend much time on. But uh, as it stands right now, seven and a half points, 218 and a half total. The, um, the Lakers have done a very good job of destroying Miami on the offensive boards. And I think that's one of the key pieces to start with here, Adam, before we even get into LeBron and Anthony Davis, kind of just look at how it affects this game. If Bam does play and doesn't play, because then we can kind of parlay that information into what we're going to do with the Lakers. Uh, NBA.com stats had it at a 33% offensive rebounding rate. Uh, through these three games, or through these three games, but the last two games they've d been destructive with Kelly Olynyk trying. I don't even know if he is trying to hold down the fort there 
around the basket. That has been a big issue for Miami to start this uh, final series out. Yeah, and Bam obviously should help there as well. You know, you add Myers Leonard to the mix when Bam was out, and that's not doing a whole lot as far as the rebounding goes either. So it should be, you know, not that it's going to make, not that it's going to solve the problem, but it, it will help getting a lot more minutes from Bam, hopefully, as opposed to Olinick and Myers Leonard. Um, should should help in that department. You know, I think it was game two that Davis was just literally just standing at the basket, getting every missed shot and putting yeah. it back in shot like 14 for 16 or something um, less likely to have that be the case. Assuming Bam's back. Yeah. That was game two, 15 for 20. Yeah. And it, it just all day long, he sat under the basket, got easy putback attempts. Every time they tried to make a push uh, their attempts were futile. All right. So here we go. Let's talk about LeBron. We'll talk about Anthony Davis as well. Uh, and then we'll flip this to the other side and get into Jimmy Butler, who's just been uh, an absolute magician through these games. Even, even the games he struggled at him, he's been out, outstanding. So um, Los Angeles Lakers, to kick it off, both of these guys are going to be popular today. That's just the way it is. There's three players, really, that have been you know worth throwing into the captain spot. LeBron James in this series has a 30% usage rate. Anthony Davis is at 28%. What are we doing with either or both of these two? You're rostering them. Uh, I think that goes without saying. Uh, one thing I am interested in seeing is if there's any sort of recency bias as far as the ownership goes here. Uh, right now we have on DraftKings, we have LeBron projected for 91% total ownership, 26% captain, Davis 82% total and 19% captain. Kind of curious if maybe Davis ends up being a little under owned just because of, um, last game was so disappointing. Obviously you don't want to read into that. He just dealt with massive foul trouble the entire game, but there's typically recency bias in DFS, and I wouldn't expect that to be too much different here. So not saying that Davis will be low on, but maybe a little bit lower than, than he otherwise should. Outside of that, I don't really think there's a, a whole lot to say. You know, like obviously the ball is going to be in LeBron's hands a ton. He's averaged um, about one and a half fantasy points per minute in this series. Davis is only at 1.27 DraftKings points per minute, which is obviously disappointing, but you also expect that to come up. Um, as you play more games. So I, I think the edge goes to LeBron just because he's going to contribute in so many different ways. He's going to have the ball in his hands so much and they're going to play similar minutes, but it should be easy enough to get them both in the lineups, I think. Okay. Um, are you thinking get both of them into lineups with Jimmy Butler? So that's where I think it'll be interesting, I guess, because you're not going to have, well, if Bam plays, you're right. you're going to lose that really key value piece in Kelly Olenek. So it'll be tougher. I think that you'll have to either, I haven't built lineups yet, but my assumption is that you're either going to have to like take a chance on a cheaper captain and get to all three of those guys or go two out of three with LeBron Butler and Davis. All right. Uh, any preference for the captain spot for LeBron and Anthony Davis? You talked about it a, a little bit, but is there, is there, is there any real preference here that sways you from one to the other? Uh, recency bias, as you mentioned, could be a factor. Uh, do we have ownership posted yet? Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron's at 26% captain. Davis is at 19. Okay. So not a huge difference. No. Yeah. It, it's close enough where if I can afford LeBron, I'll probably go there. I mean, you, you'll want to be aware that LeBron's probably going to get a little bit more ownership. Um, so it, it's, you know, I guess if the rest of your lineup is really like chalky, you can give a slight edge to Davis over LeBron, but they're close enough in projected ownership that it doesn't matter too much. Um, as far as back to your question about um, LeBron, Davis, and Butler, like if you put LeBron at captain and you put in Davis and Butler, you only have $3,666 per position to go around. So 
that'll make things pretty tough. I think, you know, like just kind of looking at some of the cheaper guys, Caruso's 3,600, Keefe is 28, um, Howard's 38. So it's kind of going to be tough to get that build, I think, especially, and then still be unique because everybody's going to just go to the same guys. Um, but, you know, if, if you're putting all three of them in the lineup and using a different captain, it's doable. So outside of LeBron and outside of Davis, um, Rajon Rondo, 28 minutes in game three, 26 minutes in game two, 25 minutes in game one. Uh, he, all around this entire postseason, he's been somebody that uh, has had the ability to win you tournaments, uh, but then his price comes up and it makes it a little bit more prohibitive as far as uh, rostering him goes. What are we doing with Rondo, who right now is the third highest priced player on the Lakers um, and $10,800 in the captain spot? If you're rostering him at the utility spot, Rajon Rondo is $7,200. So he's right in that kind of no man's land of salary of pricing where no one else is even in the $7,000 range. Yeah, he's projected to be the lowest owned like regular rotation player on the slate at 7% on DraftKings. And I think that makes sense because the problem you're going to run into is if you go to Rondo, it's basically going to force you to either roster some cheap guy who probably isn't going to play, or it's going to force you off of um, the, the trio that you want with Butler, LeBron, and James. Like, for example, if you put Butler at captain and then you put in LeBron and Davis which I think is probably the way you, you would start building your cash lineup if you put Rondo in then you only have $2,500 per position so you can't really make that work so you're from, from a roster construction standpoint you're gonna end up getting to like two v2s where it's you know do I go Anthony Davis and you know Markeith Morris or do I go Rajon Rondo and Duncan Robinson or something and the answer there is typically going to be the Davis side so it's going to be really really difficult to get to Rondo I think the only way it really works is if you get a game like game three where Davis is in foul trouble or LeBron's in foul trouble or Butler's in foul trouble. So obviously it's it's in the range of outcomes. And with Rondo as low owned as he is, there is some appeal there. But from any sort of optimal build, it's close to impossible to get to Rondo. It feels like, yeah, again, just total no man's land here. What about Dwight Howard? Uh, it, it's hard to really predict what you're going to get from him for, on a game-to-game -game basis. But in this series, he's averaging 16 minutes per game. Uh, it, it appears to be one of these spots that we've seen with guy. Matter of fact, uh, Eric Spolster did it with Myers Leonard for, for much of the season this year where they just get the rotation in the first quarter and in the third quarter. So first to start the half uh, and then to start the second half. Uh, and then you don't see them again for the second and fourth quarter. And for no reason should we expect to see them in those quarters is, is Dwight Howard viable here getting between 15 and 17 minutes tonight. Yeah, and I'm expecting more of the same there. I think he's still viable as far as a flex play goes because he's still only $3,800 on DraftKings. And I mentioned, you know, if you're going with that, like LeBron, Captain, Davis, Butler build, you end up with $3,600 per position. Howard helps you out there at that $3,800. And in the flex spot, you can live with the, you know, 12 to 15, 16, whatever fantasy points that, that he's going to get. Um, because of his shortened rotation, I wouldn't really want to be taking many, if any, shots on him at captain, because I think that you would really have to get him on the floor for more minutes, and I don't really see why or how that happens. So it's more just a a value flex play that you know helps you get in the guys that you want, more so than someone that I actually think is like a high upside value. So Alex Caruso is having an, an interesting series as well. Uh, last game, he came out with a, a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, in game one, 
they were they were blowing them out. So you saw Frank Vogel empty the bench, but Caruso was on pace to close, and he did close out game two. Uh, if that's the case, are we projecting Caruso for another potential 25, 26 minutes again today? I, I know that on a per-minute basis, he has not been particularly impressive. You, you, just, you can look at all the numbers and they'll bear that out. He has a 13, 13.9% usage rate, really underwhelming. Uh, his assist rate in this series is um, 12%. He's not going to give you a lot of peripherals, and you're not going to get a ton of opportunity as a scorer from him. But on a showdown, a single-game slate, uh, and by the way, his rebounding rate uh, is all the way down there at 5% in this series. But in a, in a showdown slate with only one game, how valuable to you are those 25, 26 minutes and the potential to close this game out? Yeah, I think it is valuable because the the price point is still so cheap. Um, it's you know you, you mentioned needing, or I mentioned needing that price when we talked about Howard, but with Caruso, at least there is that path to 26 minutes, whether he gets it or not, we don't know, you know, you, you know, last game and the game before, well, two games ago, you dealt with Danny green and his hip injury last game, Danny green only played 16 minutes. Uh, you had Davis in foul trouble, which didn't directly affect Caruso, but did have an effect on the value plays in general. So I'm not, I, I don't think that, like his median projection is 26 minutes. I think it's probably 22 or 23, but he still has a pretty easy path to those 26 minutes. And he's reasonably productive when uh, when he's out there, you know, contributes in a variety of ways so far for the series through the first three games, 0.7 DraftKings points per minute. Um, it's, you know, good enough for, for his salary. I think that if you were going to go to a, a really cheap captain and then, you know, fill in the rest of your lineup with good players, Caruso is kind of interesting in that stand, in that aspect. Um, I, it's obviously not my favorite idea to, to go to him, but he at least has that path to more minutes, whereas Howard, it's, it's really unlikely. Um, so I, I'm interested in Caruso just because I think he has a reasonable path to mid-20s in minutes. So generally what we're seeing is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys pretty much getting minutes in Frank Vogel's rotation. Uh, is there anybody else that you think we need to talk about here, whether you love them or you don't? Maybe questions or guys that we're certainly going to get questions on. KCP being one of those, uh, weighing in at 4,800. Danny Green's minutes being curtailed over the last two games. What are your thoughts on the rest of these guys, these um, these peripheral guys on this Lakers offense or on this Lakers rotation? It's like, like obviously you need to mention those guys. It's just that I don't really know what to say about them because yeah, like, I mean, it, this goes back to, you know, prior to the shutdown, like any, it's the same thing for KCP and Danny Green, like every game. Um, KCP is probably going to play around 30 minutes. Danny Green, who the hell knows? Um, he played, you know, 16.7 last game after injuring his hip in game two. He says that he's fine. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I do like the idea of trying to get a Danny Green bounce back game. He's only 4,400. He's only projected for 12% ownership on DraftKings right now, 0.6% captain ownership. It's not a super high probability spot, but this is someone that if he comes out and he's playing well, can very easily play upper 20s in minutes, assuming he's, he's mostly healthy. So there's at least that. It's always hard to get low-owned, cheap guys on a showdown slate that have any sort of path to viability, and and Danny Green does. It's you know, he he's not very good anymore, at least by his standards, but he does still have that path to being good, and he's one of the lowest owned guys on the slate. So I do have interest in in Danny Green. KCP is not much more popular either, so kind of the same thing for him as for Green. Um, but you know, you kind of just have to know what you're getting, and it's that 
there are two guys that are out there to play defense and shoot threes. If they're not making their threes, you're in trouble. So um, it, it's a risky play, but they're cheap enough and, and low enough owned that I do have some interest there. The thing that frustrates me about this uh, rotation, about this team, and we'll move on to Miami after this, but I'll have you close it out with Markeith Morris, uh, is you just can only really rely on two players to, to, to log 30-plus minutes each night. Uh, KCP could get close, but outside of that, who, who is consistently going to get the type of run we're looking for? Now, this could be advantageous to us, right? Because it might make it so less players are chalk uh, and, and you can make decisions that benefit you because you end up being right about minutes and the field ends up being wrong. But, uh, you know, Markeith Morris could play 25 minutes. He closed last game out uh, alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Rajon Rondo. Uh, and 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 someone like Kyle Kuzma, how many minutes is he going to play? You've got a bevy of guys that are getting between 20 and 26 minutes per game in this rotation. And 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 it makes it pretty difficult, especially for a final series where you know most teams are rust or running guys for an easy 30 plus minutes and have a really condensed bench. Yeah, it makes it difficult, but it does give you a little bit more, I don't know if edge is the right word, but I'll use it, uh, a little bit more of an edge, especially if you're playing a lot of lineups, because normally in a final series, especially by game four, you basically know within like a minute or two of exactly how much everyone's going to play. Yeah. And that's not the case with the Lakers. So you can still sort of play that that you know contrarian game where, like we were talking about with Danny Green and KCP, do I think the most likely outcome is that Danny Green plays 27 minutes and has a good game? Absolutely not. Do I think it's in the range of outcomes that he should be higher owned than like the third lowest owned guy on the slate? Yeah, probably at, at his salary. So it, it does still at least give you that guessing game, which does provide some flexibility and um, allows you to take advantage of, of, you know, kind of recency bias. So I do like that. I do think it's important to be setting groups and in show on showdown slates, normally I'm a lot more liberal with what I'll allow into my lineups because you only have so many options, but I do think you're, you're going to want to pay attention to ideally probably not having more than two of the Danny Green, KCP, Rondo, Caruso group. Uh, definitely would say I, didn't, I don't want more than three because you look at, at where those guys, like where Rondo's getting his extra minutes from. It's, it's coming from Danny Green. Same goes for Caruso. So if Danny Green plays 28 minutes and KCP, KCP plays 30, you're probably talking about those like 22 and 23 minute games for Rondo and Caruso. So I would pay attention to what you're doing there. Markeith Morris is the cheapest player uh, on the roster for the Lakers who's actually getting minutes. Uh, I'm not including J.R. Smith, who's playing like one or three minutes per game. Uh, he's $2,800. He's 800 less than Alex Caruso. He's $1,000 less than Dwight Howard. Uh, last game, he did play 26 minutes, so there's at least some willingness from Vogel to run him out there if he's playing well, which he was. Thoughts on Morris and uh, Kyle Kuzma, and we'll move over to the Miami Heat. Kuzma is just kind of the same thing as always. You're expecting about 22 minutes. You're expecting him to take a bunch of ugly shots that don't really go in the basket. Um, but, you know, he's cheap enough that he's okay, I guess. Um, you know, 4,600 on DraftKings is is not the end of the world. He's only projected for 15% ownership. I, I think I'd rather take a, sh a shot on Danny Green than on Kuzma if I'm choosing between the two. Um, same goes for KCP, but Kuzma still fits into that mold. As far as Keith goes, I'm not expecting 25 minutes again. Um, you know, he did close alongside Davis, like you said, which I think was 
was good to see, but he, he definitely still benefited from Davis's foul trouble early in the game as well. I expect that you get back to like 18 minutes from, from Morris, but at 2,800, that's still a, a pretty solid value. For uh, those of you guys that haven't been to awesome.com yet, we got some free content on the site today. Uh, MLB top pitchers tool, which is awesome. Uh, if you don't know what that is, go check it out. It's under the MLB tab at awesome.com, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. And the PGA top golfers tool. You know, we have top stack tools for, for basketball or for baseball and for a ton of other sports. We have the best ownership projections out there. We got amazing player projections, all of the top stack and top player tools, the lineup builder. Uh, so, you know, you go to awesome.com slash join, you check all of that out. You can see that we have express passes for less than $4 a week. Um, you know, we essentially have anything you need to become a successful DFS player because all of our tools uh, built by the number one ranked DFS player in the world. He didn't just build them. He uses them himself. Uh, we don't just throw his name on them and, and put them out there as his. It's exactly what he uses. And that's why people have had so much success. Uh, we've got just a ton of great guys on staff like uh, like Adam here, who's won a, t a heck of a lot of money himself playing DFS. And, and so many more guys like Ben Rasa, Josh Engelman, and more. So you go to awesome.com slash join, check it out. Our express pass for $3.95 a week uh, also includes all of the showdown ownership for, uh, for football now, all of the showdown tools that we have. Everything we have for showdown is included in the express pass, only $3.95 a week. But uh, we have full all-access Awesome Plus uh, weekly monthly, annual, you name it. It's all there at awesome.com slash join. But if you just want to get a taste, go in there, check out our top pitchers tool, our top golfers tool. Both of them are free today on the site. All right, Miami. Jimmy Butler has been outrageous in these two games since we've seen Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic out. Uh, it's really been a remarkable performance from him. On the series alone, Adam, he's averaging 20.3 drives per game which is well above anyone else in this series. Uh, 13 plus points on drives. His usage is up uh, north of 30% in these two games without Bam and, and Dragic, but his assist rates at 47%. His rebounding rates around 13% and he's playing 45 minutes a game. So uh, I think we can all agree that if Bam sits, he becomes even more viable, but Jimmy Butler's very likely going to look to will this team to another victory. I'm not saying it's happening. I don't, necessarily think it will but I know that this guy is all heart and he's going to find ways to put the ball in the basket he's going to find ways to manufacture fantasy points yeah and and one good thing too about Butler not only does he contribute in in every category but Bam coming back it's not going to have a positive impact on his DFS numbers, I don't think, but it's not like you're talking about bringing back some like 30% usage guy that's going to sure. take the ball out of Butler's hands. Bam's really good at multiple things, but he's not a, a really high usage guy. Um, you know, he'll get rebounds and he's a good passer and, and he can score around the basket, but Butler's still going to dominate touches. Butler's still going to be the main offensive piece here. And Bam just gives him another good player to to play with. So I'm not really concerned about Butler's production coming down. He's going to do everything he can to will this team to to win, or at least to, to be in a competitive game. He's going to play huge minutes. He's still relatively inexpensive. I mean, he's only $200 more than Bam is. He's at a significant discount off of Davis and LeBron, which is really nice. I kind of touched on it when we were talking about the Lakers, but I think that 
from like an optimal lineup build, a cash game build standpoint, Butler's probably the guy you're going to in captain because it's going to make it so that you can get LeBron and Davis with him uh, relatively easily. So I do think we'll get a, a pretty decent amount of ownership there. We haven't projected for 25% captain ownership, which is second only to LeBron. We haven't projected for 81.5% total ownership, which is third behind James and Davis. So the ownership will be there, but I, I think it's deserved. I don't think his salaries come up as much as it should. Yeah, neither do I. At all. I actually thought he'd be much more expensive. I really thought that he'd be very, very similarly priced to LeBron and Anthony Davis. I know it sounds crazy, but why not? It, it would have made it a lot more fun from a, like, I guess, like puzzle standpoint of trying to figure things out. No question. Yeah. And then you just would have seen his ownership much lower. Right. Uh, because somebody that's coming in, a casual player even, that sees Jimmy Butler similarly priced to James uh, and and Davis, they're going to want nothing to do with that. But if you've watched him play, if you look into the numbers, he has been every bit as good as someone that should be up there in that 11K range uh, because he's on the he's he's going to play 45 minutes. He's going to play all but three minutes in the game. Uh, that alone should intrigue you. Uh, add on top to that of that the fact that you know he is just controlling the ball at every single turn. What's kind of weird, though, if you move on to the rest of this team, Adam, is uh, the the distribution of usage here is super flat outside of outside of uh, Jimmy Butler, right? Like from just a usage standpoint alone, you have Tyler Hero at with. Uh, let me take. I, I don't know if I want to take Bama. I'll just I'll just leave it with Goran Dragic off. Let's assume that that Bam is going to play. That won't make a big difference anyway because both of them missed the same amount of time. But uh, Tyler Hero around 22% usage. And then you have a Linick at 20 Robinson at 12. He hasn't seen any, any notable change whatsoever in usage with these guys on or off, which should have been expected. If you looked at the numbers, uh, Solomon Hill and in, in 16 minutes has a 16% use rate. Myers Leonard, 15, Jake Crowder, 14, like there Andre Iguodala, 9.7% usage. There's no one else outside of Butler that has really been heavily involved as a, a scorer and reliably getting possessions where they're, you know, where they're getting those opportunities. Yeah. Um, Hero in, in the three games in this series, a 25% usage rate, but other than that, like it, Is it 25. Okay. I had it at 22. It might just be looking at different sites, like calculated yeah, it, differently. It could definitely be right. It wouldn't surprise me. 25 sounds a lot better than 22. Go ahead. But, but yeah, I mean, Butler is going to dominate the usage and then it's just kind of, for the most, I mean, hero, hero can create hero does his own thing, but outside of that, it's, it's just guys that are in Bam's case, looking to score around the rim or in the case of pretty much everyone else, just looking to knock down threes when Butler gets on the ball. So you're not, you're not like, it's kind of the same for the, the heat are similar to the Lakers in that the kind of secondary plays aren't with the exception of hero aren't guys that you're really ever looking at it like oh man he might take over the game offensively because he can't like they're they're just guys that are out there to knock down threes basically it's just getting whoever's hot out of crowder robinson um basically you know those two iguodala will play minutes and not really do much kendrick nunn only played 20 minutes last game so it's kind of just trying to, to find the hot hand. You did have Robinson um, shoot well last game, and he ended up playing 39 minutes, so that was good to see. But as, as far as the secondary, non Butler, and, and Bam guys go, I think Hero is the one that you're going to lean towards, but he's also really expensive. It's going to be tough to get to him, kind of like it's tough to get to Rajon Rondo. Um, so I think that, you know, Jay Crowder, 
to a lesser extent because he's similarly priced to Rondo, but Duncan Robinson will probably be useful in builds at 5K. Olinick, even off the bench at 3,200, assuming he comes off the bench, is still a, a decent value. Yeah, Jay Crowder, too, is is when you look at this team and, and you compare them to, to other matchups, the Lakers have done a very good job at stymieing opposing three-point shooting teams. Uh, we saw that with the Portland Trailblazers. They really gave them, they really made life difficult for them. Uh, Denver Nuggets, similar story. Is, is there anybody that that we can trust to get us fantasy points to to put up decent numbers without having to rely on them to score, without having to rely on them to to knock down five threes like a Duncan Robinson and to some extent a Tyler Hero? I don't really think so because these guys don't do a whole lot. Like Bam's going to get the majority of the rebounds. You you, you could look to game one, um, and Crowder did get some backup center minutes, which would potentially lead to to better peripherals but I don't expect that to be the case I expect them to go back to a Linux off the bench here and so you're not really expecting to see a whole lot there and Crowder's expensive anyway but I mean Robinson's not contributing anything outside of three-point shooting Iguodala's not contributing anything at all from a DFS standpoint um it, it's really tough to find anything on Miami that if, uh, amongst the peripheral guys that isn't scoring dependent how tough is it going to be to get to Bam if he plays, knowing that he's essentially the same price as Jimmy Butler? Things to be extremely difficult. Um, from a tournament standpoint, it's kind of appealing. But we also have him projected right now for 33% total ownership, which granted, that's, you know, Butler's at 82%. So it's a huge drop there. Um, we have Bam at 3.5% captain ownership, Butler at 25%. So it will be an interesting idea maybe to pivot there or – potentially I guess maybe you could just go one of the Lakers guys and then both Miami guys and get off of the the cheaper value maybe get like a Tyler Hero or a, a Rajon Rondo in your lineup or something like that but I think it will be tough just because again the the pricing is kind of broken here like you have such question marks around Bam and his health and, and how many you know is he really going to be good to, to go is he going to be you know limited at all whether it's in production or minutes that he shouldn't be the same price as, as Jimmy Butler so you're if you go bam over Butler, you know that you're taking the lower probability play. It's just a matter of just the ownership warrant. It. Kendrick Nunn's kind of uh, in, interesting, just knowing that he's he's down there in that 4K range. And, you know, while he's not, while we can't rely on this guy to get big minutes, Goran Dragic uh, is still expected to sit. Does Kendrick Nunn come in here and, and play potentially 25, 26 minutes? He played 29 minutes against the Lakers in game two, but I think that was somewhat of an outlier. Uh, he did play 20 minutes in game one as well and 20 minutes in game three. Yeah, he certainly has that path to minutes. It's concerning that he played a combined like four minutes in the second half. He basically played T Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson in the second half of game three, each sat for about two minutes and none played when they sat. Um, other than that, he didn't play all in the second half. In the first half though, he did play alongside Robinson uh, di didn't really play much alongside both of them. Um, Hero didn't play a ton in the first half. So it's, you know, maybe you're probably set a rule to only have at most two of Hero, Robinson, and none because the the playing time for none, I think, is dependent on, on the other two. We've seen Robinson's minutes fluctuate enough where it wouldn't be surprising at all if he comes back down to like 32 minutes and none got to 25 or 26. So I do think that at his salary, you're going to want to take shots at, at Kendrick Nunn. It's, again, worth noting that he is, 
really he's projected to be the highest owned sub 5k guy on the slate like none at 32 percent compared to danny green at 12 percent. i don't think that gap should be that big i think that going to danny green or kcp uh both at lower ownership makes a lot of sense last one here and we'll tie this thing up kelly olenic is thirty two hundred dollars so he's priced down to an extraordinary level in the event that Bam Adebayo ends up not playing. Uh, $3,200, you've got Kelly Olenek, who has now played 30-plus minutes in back-to-back games. Uh, he's been wildly effective. You've needed him to win in those spots for sure. And while Bam Adebayo is questionable, we still don't necessarily know whether or not he's going to, to certainly be active. So, I mean, what does this do for our – how do you even make lineups right now? Not to say you can't because you can have contingency plans. I get that. But I mean, if Bam doesn't play and Kelly Olenek is $3,200, that changes everything up on a single game showdown slate. Yeah. This is probably an even worse price than the Jimmy Butler one. Like DraftKings has just given up on pricing for this. Like they screwed up last slate and basically made it so that if you built any sort of like good lineup, you were tying with a million people. You like the the lineup that ended up winning basically had to have Duncan Robinson beat Anthony Davis, which he yep. did. But like it, your pricing should be better than forcing that to be how you have to win a tournament. And they literally just left everyone exactly the same today. On um, the Linux, still thirty two hundred. So the thing is, even if Bam is in. If you assume Olenek is playing the backup center minutes and that you're getting like 13 minutes from Olenek, he's still a good value at 3,200 or at least a decent value at 3,200. If when you factor in, you know, that Bam could be somewhat limited, could get re-injured and that there's a path to more minutes for Olenek, he becomes even better. Obviously, if Bam is out, Olenek's the clear top play on the slate. So uh, just really broken pricing and and you know should be really popular again tonight, kind of regardless of Bam, but obviously even better if Bam is out. All right, let's go ahead and to close out this show, throw a quick lineup together. Well, just it, it doesn't have to be insane, but we'll try and make it a little bit unique. Say we're doing a single entry or something like that. I'll let you go first. Who do you want at the captain spot? I like Davis, a captain, just because he's a little bit lower owned than, than Butler and LeBron. And I think ideally you have one of them. All right. Uh, I will throw Butler in there because we got to get some Butler action in our lives. So we got Davis at captain and then Jimmy Butler. 5,800 per player remaining for four utility spots. I'll throw Danny Green in because it's going to give us some value and it's also going to let, it's going to give us a contrarian piece as well so that we don't have to worry about ownership quite as much elsewhere. Okay. Um, this is where it gets tough. The the Everything just gets so flat after this. Do we want to... Do we want to roster LeBron James and go to cheaper options? Uh, does that make more sense to you, or do we go down to the mid-range, which uh, I'm a little bit concerned about? I, I suppose you could always do like a, a Hero, Rondo, and then a Dwight Howard, but that just doesn't appeal to me all that much. Yeah, I think LeBron's going to give you the better build here. And again, it just goes back to the pricing being kind of broken. Um, you're just going to get better lineups if you go LeBron and two cheap guys. Then if you go hero Rondo and one cheap guy, like it's why wouldn't like LeBron probably is going to outscore hero plus Rondo. We have $6,900 remaining 3450 per player. You've got guys down there like Leonard, Markeith Morris, Olenek, Iguodala, Caruso, Dwight Howard, all sub 4k. What do you say? So with the ownership projections right now, we actually only have Olenek at 18%. I would really want to get to Olenek because not like if he plays 13 minutes or, or 12 minutes, 
he's probably not going to kill you at 3,200, but there's just that path to him getting more minutes for a variety of reasons. So um, projected for relatively low ownership and a decent value, um, I, I like Olenek. Especially if it does happen to be true that Bam was rushed back and like he just can't play through the pain. Remember, this is a finals game, game four. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he's rushing himself back, even though he's not ready. Right, exactly. He's 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 lobbying the play. It's just a matter of is the training staff in Spolstra going to tell him no or is it? And from what I've read, this is the case. It's a pain tolerance thing. It's, right. it's not something exactly. you're going to make worse. And if Bam is saying, I don't care, I can play. Why would the training staff say, no, you're in too much pain? If it's not going to aggravate anything, totally right. agree. Uh, I guess I'll throw Dwight. Ha- so it's between Dwight Howard and Andre Iguodala and Markeith Morris. Uh, and Al- he, I'm sorry, not Dwight Howard, yeah, yeah. Alex Caruso. Caruso. So I guess it's Caruso. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Caruso in like an optimal build. Obviously, if you're playing a tournament, you can play any of those guys. It doesn't matter. He is getting minutes, though. You know, it's not like Caruso yeah. is only playing 15 minutes. He's not a high usage guy. But Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, Danny Green, LeBron James, Kelly Olynyk, and Alex Caruso. There you have it. That's what we've got. Obviously, even if Adebayo plays, there is still some uh, merit to, to getting Kelly Olynyk in there. As a matter of fact, I, I think, as you mentioned, Adam, the ownership will factor in really heavily there. People will get away from him, no doubt about it. Uh, any last thoughts here? Who would you say your top players from each team? I know it's pretty easy, but um, top option from each team here. <laughs> I'll take Jimmy Butler from Miami and LeBron James from the Lakers. Okay. Really, the only question was LeBron or Anthony Davis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but both of those guys. Uh, are going to be very popular today. 80 plus percent projected ownership for all three LeBron Davis and Jimmy Butler. That'll do it for us. Thanks for hanging with us. We got a bunch of shows coming up throughout the day, a lot of baseball coming up as well. So don't go anywhere in just 20 minutes. You've got Jake Hari and Terry McBride with your MLB show. Or no, you know what? That's wrong, isn't it? Yeah, that's wrong. That's an MLB live before lock. You can cue that music. That's all right. Yeah, we've got uh, 11 o'clock, though. Sal Vetri, Ben Rasa, and myself. The first look, NFL Week 5, baby. And then after that, Jake and Terry, live before lock at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Everything throughout the day, this is your place to be. The YouTube channel, or awesome channel right here on YouTube.com. Hit that thumbs up before you go. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, and we'll see you back here next time. <laughs>